Welcome to Connecting the Dollars, a personal finance podcast. I'm Emily Augusto, a CPA and financial advisor. And I'm Amanda Vaught, attorney and financial advisor. Both Emily and I are co-owners at Propel Financial Advisors. Propel Financial Advisors is an investment management and financial planning company. We are fee-only fiduciaries and independent registered investment advisors. I'm based in Chicago and Amanda is in New York City, but we work with clients nationwide. The purpose of our podcast is to explore personal finance topics, including budgeting, investing, behavioral finance, current events, and other helpful information. We also hope you'll get to know us along the way. Thanks for listening. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Emily. How are you today? Good to see you again. Yeah, I'm good. I would just, um, I went on a run earlier and I was thinking it's about time I need to get a new audio book. Oh yeah. I love, love audio books. Yeah. I haven't been too into them, but I usually do podcasts, but, um, I need something a little bit longer to keep me entertained. What have you been looking at? And one thing I have on my list is this uh, book that recently came out called the bond King which okay. sort of relates to what we're talking about today. I think I haven't read it yet or listened to it, but it's supposed to be a very interesting story about Bill Gross, who is nicknamed the Bond King, mm-hmm. this man who founded PIMCO and you know made an insane amount of money trading in the bond market. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, it's supposed to be interesting. So I've been meaning to read it for a while. And then I thought, oh, I'll try the audio version on audiobook. I mean- Good idea. Speaking of bonds, we are going to focus on those today as our topic. I know it's not that much of an exciting topic for people to learn about. Um, fixed income is usually has a uh, reputation for being very dry and boring. So we're going to try to keep this as interesting as we can, but we are excited to talk about this topic for several reasons. Yeah. And I think, I know I sent you the onion headline the other day and Mm -hmm. it was something like the Fed raises interest rates for the first time. And Hey, wait, where are you going? This is important. Um, (laughs) Don't turn this off yet. Listen. Yeah. So um, you are, it can be just like, what? But um, the bond market is, or can be a substantial part of your investment portfolio. And a lot of people who are active in stocks and following what's going on in the stock market don't follow the bond market in the same way. And that can have a significant impact on your returns and your portfolio. So it's important to know what's, what's going on there. Yeah. And uh, one of the main reasons we wanted to talk about bonds is because the bond market recently went negative. Um, Can you explain a little bit more about that, Amanda? Yeah, so the bond market is coming off pretty much a 40-year bull market where people just consistently made money in their bonds. They've been a a safe investment, relatively safe. They paid out money and it was worked as a nice ballast in our portfolio. But since 2022, the bond market, which we're talking about the Baird aggregate, Bloomberg aggregate bond market index is down 15.6% as of June 14th, 2022. Uh, So for a lot of people who have 
maybe target date funds in their 401k. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting that negative bond performance on top of the stocks in there. If you have just bonds in your portfolio, you could have seen these numbers yourself. So it's been sort of a tough one to take. Like, what's up with this? I thought bonds were supposed to be this safe investment in my portfolio. Why am I so negative? All right. So to keep everyone somewhat hopefully entertained, we're going to intersperse in some bond related trivia in between and maybe not the kind of bond trivia you think it's going to be. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but Amanda is also a chemist. <laughs> you have yeah, a degree in chemistry. Yeah. Um, and a master's degree in chemistry too. Oh, wow. So I'm going to ask you a question that I'm making up from Wikipedia. So hopefully it's actually something. Um, okay. What is the difference between a single bond and a double bond? Oh, well, uh, Double bond would be stronger and the atoms that are connected by a double bond would be slightly closer together. Correct. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a scientist, but yes. You see me correct. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Double bonds are important in sunscreen. Oh. You get, um, you know, if you have a chemical based sunscreen that gets oxidized, you're their uh, sunscreen is absorbing those rays by the use of double bonds hmm, that are broken and turned into single bonds or get oxidized. I had no idea. It's exciting. Is that more or less exciting than the bond market? <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, let's get back Let into Yeah, what do you guys think? Um, yes. Okay, so let's get into the second section. What is what is a bond? Like, what are the fundamentals? How does it differ from a stock? Oh, okay. So bond is a form is as a form of debt. Uh, that's different than a stock, which is a ownership interest. So you, maybe our listeners know if you buy a stock that gives you um, a percent ownership in a company, uh, you're called a shareholder and that gives you certain rights to vote at shareholder meetings. Um, that type of thing. If you're a bondholder, you're owning a debt. So essentially, if you have $1,000 and you give $1,000 to a company, you say, here you go. And the company says, oh, thanks for that. We'll pay you back at 2% interest rate in five years. Then you have a bond that is worth $1,000. And um, you have a five-year duration and you expect to yield 2% in five years. The difference becomes uh, important uh, when we look at the risk between holding a stock and holding a bond, because legally, say, if we're talking about a company and the company goes into bankruptcy, the bondholder has priority protections over the shareholder. So say, you know, there is a bankruptcy event and the company has to sell their, you know, their buildings or the computers or whatever assets they have to cover, um, to pay for their debts. Those, those proceeds go first to the bondholders. And in many instances, by the time they get to shareholders who at the bottom of the list, there's nothing left to give. So a shareholder can go to zero, but bondholders can typically recover something. 
Right. And I think it's important to understand that difference, especially if we're coming up on an economic downturn, potential recession ahead, the um, bankruptcy risk becomes higher. And so understanding the difference between the stock and bond risk becomes more important here. Right. So essentially you're like lending money, you're a debtor to this company or government agency or state um, instead of owning a piece of the business, more or less. Right. Right. And so bonds are generally considered less risky than stocks for this one. This is one of the main reasons for that. And so that's why usually stocks perform better because higher risk means higher return. Um, and lower risk means lower return, but you know, the bonds are lower risk, but they've also given, they've given negative returns now. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to talk about them and pay attention to them. Um, but we will talk about risk a little bit more in a minute, but I think it's time for another trivia question. I believe you have one for me. Yes, Emily. So now we're going on to another kind of bond which is James Bond, and I am not going to say it. I'll let you can say it in your head. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I was going to ask you, Emily, can you name two different actors who played James Bond in the movies? I think I can. I've only seen like two James Bond movies. Um, Pierce Brosnan, I believe, is one. And Daniel Craig. Yes. Is Sean what Connery? About, what about Sean Connery? That's yeah. what I would have led with. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if he was one. I think he, I'm pretty sure he's the original. Oh, <laughs> okay. But I, I'm not an authority. Yeah, so. we're, we're authorities on financial bonds, not James Bond. Yes, yes. All right. Weren't they going to make Idris Elba the next James Bond? Or am I what? thinking wrong? I have That's no idea. Segue, but. I do not know movie trivia. All right, let's get back to it. I hope you, (laughs) no one's falling asleep yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so we kind of touched a little bit on recent performance in bonds that it has gone negative for the first time in several years. Um, What else did you want to touch on in this this area? Oh, well, I think we want to talk a little bit about bond alternatives. um, Before the... Um, bond market downturn, especially we still here right now, but people are talking about using dividend stocks as a type of alternative to a bond. Um, because, you know, a bond, when you, when you hold a bond, you're paid out a coupon. So you get a regular payment from the institution that you've loaned your money to essentially, which is either a company or a government, um, that's called a coupon. And so if we have a dividend paying stock, stocks will pay out um, some of their earnings in the form of dividends on a regular basis, typically quarterly. So it's comparable to a payout to a bond, Um, but it's also not comparable because of the um, differences in risk that we just discussed as dividend stocks are subject to market risk, in a, in a way that the bond coupons payments are not. Yeah. So if you have a $10,000 bond at a 4% rate for, I don't know, four years, each year, typically twice a year, you would get $200 for $400 annually. 
So when the bond matures, you will get your $10,000 back plus that interest coupon you've received over the past four years. Yes. And, and I, you know, I just want to say too, um, is that sometimes when I find that when people look up their performance of the bonds, these coupons become important because um, if you look at, say, for example, on Charles Schwab and you see, oh, how is my bond holding doing? So I, I just have one here um, of a bond that I own. And if I look on Schwab, it says negative 9%. And you're like, oh, that's not great. You know, I've owned this since 2018 and it's at negative, that negative, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if I look at the same, um, we internally use a different system called Tamarack that gives you what's called the total return. And so on the total return, that takes into consideration those coupon payments, right? That $200 mm -hmm. that you just mentioned. And so if I look at the same holding and I look at the total return, I see 3.8% positive. positive. Yes. And so just looking at the price, which is what Schwab lists, negative nine, but versus the return of actual return that includes the coupon, we got a significant difference in the numbers. And I, I just think that's important to point out because a lot of people are used to looking at stocks and they just see the price going up and down maybe. Um, but in bonds, it is very important to look at the total return because those coupon payments you get is a big part of what makes a bond valuable in your portfolio. Right. And I think we've said a few times we referred to bonds as fixed income, and that's basically referring to those coupon payments. Like, you know how much you're going to be getting. It's a fixed amount. Right. Every right six months or what, whatever the duration is there. For sure. Yeah. I think um, if you hold an individual bond, it will pay out like that. Um, you can also buy bonds in ETF form. So that would be priced a little bit differently, but you, I think it depends on the ETF. A lot of times they pay out coupons monthly, um, but really it just depends on, on what you're buying. Good information all around. Yeah. Maybe oh, that's just... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say if you're ready for another trivia question. Oh, wow. We could do a trivia question or we could talk about bank CDs. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about bank CDs really quick. Okay. Yeah. So um, if we're talking about safe, safe, safe investments, a lot of people default to CDs. And that's a certif certified deposit, certificate of deposit that you can usually buy through uh, an FDIC insured bank. And that's where that safety comes in. It's FDIC insured up to $250,000. Um, but when you're talking about safer investments, there's a lot less return. So what have you been seeing in the returns of CDs lately? Oh yeah, so we did a quick search and we found that we found bank CDs for two years, put your money in the bank for two years, does depend how much you put in. So the less you put into a CD, the lower rate you get. Um, but they range between 2.1 and 2.5%. And, you know, that's okay. But if you were to say buy a two-year treasury bond, and this is on June 22nd, we found that it was paying 3.21%. 
So that's almost a whole 1% more you could get from buying a treasury bond than from buying a CD. Yeah, just especially in times where, you know, it's harder to come by higher interest rates on bonds or financial products in general, that 1%, you know, makes a difference, especially when you think about compounding and how long you are going to, um, how long you hold your investments in your portfolio. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, a CD, you do get that FDIC insurance, which is great and comforting, and it's a great thing to have. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't get FDIC insurance, you know, in a crypto or or other financial systems, right? That's one of the benefits of centralized finance is you have things like insurance, FDIC insurance. But, um, but, you know, if we're talking about a treasury bond, that is the backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, who has never defaulted on a bond payment. And that's pretty much as safe as you can get. Mm -hmm. Um, So the risk between a CD and a treasury bond isn't that big. Right. Exactly. Now I think maybe it's time for another trivia question, Emily. Okay. You have a choice. Would you like family bonds or a geography question? Oh, geography for sure. Okay. Famous Bondi Beach, famous for its surfing, is located in what part of the world? Australia. Yes, correct. (laughs) I did watch some um, during the COVID lockdowns. I did get into some Australian reality television on Netflix. And one show I watched was Instant Hotel, which is what Australians call Airbnbs. And one of the Airbnbs was there on Bondi Beach. And um, it was like a, it was a good little travel show. It was like, I almost went to Australia during the COVID lockdown, but. (laughs) I'll have to check that one out. Yes, I recommend it. Yes, let's get back to bond market barns. What's our next section? Uh, We can talk about the different types of bonds that are out there for you to buy. Okay, so. Um, we've already mentioned treasury bonds, which are backed by the federal government. Um, within the treasury bonds, there's different lengths. So there's, you know, anywhere from three months to 30 years. There's also tips, which are inflation protected treasuries. There's floating rate bonds, which change the rate as the rate changes. Um, those are all federally backed. Then we also have municipal bonds, which are backed by state and cities and local authorities. Uh, We have corporate bonds, Mm -hmm. agency bonds, uh, mortgage-backed securities. Those are generally the biggest categories. And then there's also international international bonds from Mm -hmm. different countries. And then bonds are typically rated by what Moody's or S and P and any bond that's lower than a double B is called a junk bond or a high yield bond. So those are generally considered riskier. And so the yield you get on them is generally higher. Right. Emily, I want to ask you about the different tax consequences um, of holding these different types of bonds. So we talked a little bit about coupons in 
one of our last sections. So those coupon payments are typically treated as interest payments. So if you get a 1099 INT is typically the form that you'd receive, but it depends on the type of bond that this interest is uh, accrued on or received on. If you receive interest or coupons from a corporate bond, that's all taxed at your regular rates. Um, regular income tax rates? You mean? Regular income tax rates, exactly. Okay. If you hold a government bond, so as Amanda mentioned, a few like treasury bills, agency securities, those types of things, those are usually taxable at the federal level, but it's not, they're not necessarily taxed at the state or local level. There's a lot of differences there. So um, when you actually do your taxes, it might be reported differently, again, on a 1099B uh, or 1099MISC. The types of bonds that are probably the most uh, tax favored are municipal bonds. They, the interest from these bonds is tax-free at the federal level. And then depending on where you live, if you reside in the state, that the bond was um, issued in or issued from typically the interest is also tax-free so the only other thing you have to look at tax-wise is capital gains rate so if you um, are buying on the secondary market like through a brokerage firm then your gains are taxed at capital gains rates yeah so municipal bonds are sometimes good if you're a high income investor um, it's just a way to not pay as much tax on invest on your interest payments but yeah it's just mm -hmm. part of the strategy part of your overall portfolio yeah so i think um when we are looking at municipal bonds if you are interested in a, a tax advantaged type of bond that could be the way to go and you're when you look at the rates you might see the municipal bonds pay a lower rate than other types of bonds and that is one of the reasons is because you don't have to pay income tax on that. So yeah. it's like a discount, a discounted rate to make up for that. Yeah. So, Absolutely. but that depends, that discount depends on what your personal tax rate is. Um, if it's worth it for you to get the lower rate from the municipal bond rather than getting a higher rate from say a corporate bond or something else, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know, Emily, do you think we covered enough about bonds? I've, it's such a, like a beast of a topic that, yeah. you know, when we try to keep it more surface level, um, I feel like we may hit a lot of the good points. There's obviously a lot more going on with the bond market than what we covered today. Mm -hmm. A lot of times individual investors can't buy individual bonds, but they can buy bonds as ETFs or mutual funds. Right. Um, and so what is the right bond strategy for you really depends on, on you, right? So exactly. It depends on you, your goals, you know, what you're working towards. Typically, uh, portfolios move more heavily towards bonds as we age, as we're getting closer to retirement so we can live off that fixed income. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it really, it's very personal it depends on your situation. Mm -hmm. And we think, uh, we just want to, we don't know the future, right. But we do know the past and we did look it up really quick and the bond market between June, 2008 and June, 2010 outperformed the S and P significantly over those two years. So I show 
a return of 15.5% for the ag and negative 11.4% for the S&P. Yeah, so, so that was during the height of the recession back then or the housing crisis. Right, right. And so that's a that's a very large difference that could have a big impact on your portfolio. And so I know there's a lot of recession fears out there and mm -hmm. we don't know if there's going to be a recession, but you know, we do, we, for our clients have been positioning portfolios with an eye on the recovery and what that's going to look like. And the bond side of your portfolio is a big part of that. Um, right. So if you have any questions or concerns about the bond part of your portfolio, we hope you reach out and we can discuss it in more detail about what's right for you. Yeah. If you have any trivia questions for anything bond related, please send them our way. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. We'd love to hear it. Right, Emily? Absolutely. All right. So any other final thoughts or questions you have for us, Amanda? Hear me? Yeah, I think you know, the Fed is uh, going to keep raising interest rates, which is going to keep impacting the bond market. So this is an ongoing, ongoing thing. So um, it the numbers we said today are going to change tomorrow. So it's just we stay on top of this so that, you know, everybody else doesn't have to. <laughs> but we hope we gave some good background for those of you who are interested. Yes. So find us on, at connectingthedollars.com. Um, you can email us at info at connectingthedollars.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Propel Financial Advisors, our website, propelfinancialadvisors.com. And yeah, hope you enjoyed today's show. So it's kind of, kind of more fun than uh, I would have expected bonds to be. I think so too. I think so too. I think we should do more chemistry trivia in general. <laughs> Yes. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Amanda. See you next time. Okay. Thanks, Emily. Bye. Bye. For all links and resources mentioned today, head over to connectingthedollars.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.